Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. And happy St. Patrick's Day, happy spring equinox, um, happy Palm Sunday, whatever you embrace. I hope you had a wonderful one over the weekend. So this is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. And as usual, for those of you who are phoning in, um, the oh, we don't have our numbers up. Okay. Usually there is something that says what the numbers are, and for some reason that is not coming up. So, well, if you listen regularly, the numbers are the numbers. For some reason we're having some sort of weird thing where it's not showing what the calling numbers are. But you can log into the chat room, and you can say hi to Producer Kina, and you can log in there with questions. And if you would like to um, ask something, she will make sure that gets to me. So as we finish up the month of the healer that I decided we were going to have, we are going to look at one of the last stages that a healer needs to pay attention to. And really, that's very much about what happens after the healing process, what happens after the healing work. How do we take care of ourselves and take care of the other person in order to optimize, oh, the computer just decided to give us. So if you'd like to call in and you're in the L.A. area, the number is 424-258-9337. And for everyone else, including right here in the absolutely beautiful but questionable Internet attachment, 877-697-9725. So anyway talking about what happens after the healing work, the healing process. It could be anything from, you know, you've just done a massage on somebody or you have done a full-on personal energetic healing type of thing. The important thing is, one, that you have a process for afterwards. And like I said, it doesn't matter what type of work you've done with somebody. The important thing is, is that you are able to give them tools to be able to say, okay, here's how you can manage this process and you can be able to um, intensify the healing aspect or you can be able to say, hey, you know, if you would like to, um, you know, really increase the effectiveness and the length that this healing lasts, here's how you do it. So, and also keep in mind that applies for both the practitioner and the person receiving the healing. So let's say, you know, I've used Reiki as a lot of the examples. So let's say you just finished a Reiki work with someone and they're there and they're, you know, feeling whatever it is they're feeling and things seem to be okay. If you just take that person and go, oh, okay, well, thanks for coming. See you later. Bye. And they walk out and suddenly they start feeling a little bit, weird 
they start feeling a little uncomfortable. Maybe, you know, they start feeling a little bit of anxiety, which can happen after a healing work because you have set change into motion. And whenever change is set into motion, there's a ripple effect. So that person walks out, they have anxiety, they have, um, you know, maybe they, you know, just feel a little bit dizzy. If you don't give them any information, then they're going to think you did something to them. And, you know, they, best case scenario, they will never come back and they'll talk bad about you. Worst case scenario, you may have some authorities knocking on your door, you know, asking you to explain what you did while this person is lawyering up. So what happens after the healing? After the healing is the process of letting them know what they can expect, what they need to do in order to take care of themselves. Whenever I do, even if it's like a massage work, I work on someone afterwards, I let them know, you know what, there may be some soreness. We went in, we worked a lot of the muscles really good, but you may have some soreness afterwards. If you have the soreness, here's what you can do. You can apply some ice. You can, um, you know, you can stretch a little bit. You know, you can, you know, have a nice soak in a tub. Um, Make sure you're drinking lots of water. And, you know, I give them tools that they can use so that if the person walks out and goes, oh, man, you know, my back hurts a little bit. Oh, she told me that I could expect some soreness. So that makes the person empowered. Now, in doing an energetic work with someone, if you're doing energetic healing or, you know, focused prayer or however you define it, that makes it that much more crucial to have that follow-up, to give instructions, to say, okay, you may feel like your energy is very off balance. You may notice that you may feel some anxiety as the energy shifts into a place of healing and that here are some things. You could do a clearing bath for yourself. You can, you know, make sure you drink water, make sure you drink lemonade, which actually calm down an energetic process. So you can tell them that. Don't eat anything heavy. Avoid caffeine. Avoid alcohol for, you know, the next couple of days. If you have, and this is a really important part, if you are feeling really off, call me and we'll get back together and we'll make sure that, you know, you're, you're settled down. But it is very normal to go through a certain amount of adjustment and transformation after this type of an energetic work. By saying something like that, what you do is you create comfort by them being able to expect it. If they walk out and go, wow, you know, I, I got home and I started feeling really a little bit queasy, and if they call you and it's like, you know what, like I said, that is a very normal after effect, and here's what you can do to take care of it, and give me a call a little bit later, or I'm going to call you in a couple of hours and I'm going to check on you. So what that does is it creates comfort for the person who is the recipient of the work, feel alone. They don't feel, because a lot of times, even if, you know, you say, well, you may feel a little bit of discomfort, they may be feeling it, but they don't want to say anything. And as both an energetic worker and as a chiropractor, I've dealt with this a lot, 
you know, I'll notice they're walking a little off. And I'll say, wait a minute, why don't you come back in here a second? Let me, does this feel a little off? Well, yeah, but I didn't want to say anything. Which, on one hand, is very sweet. On the other hand, makes my job that much harder. And when people are, are in that place, they want to trust you. They want to have that relationship. And they want to be a good patient. They want to be a good client. They want to be a good student. So they don't, oddly enough, they don't want you to feel bad. But they go home, they're uncomfortable, then they start talking about you on Facebook. So that can be a problem. This type of thing can be avoided by making sure that you understand your work, whatever the work is, whether it's body work, whether it's energetic work. Make sure you understand your work as well as you possibly can so that you can understand when somebody has a side effect or a reaction to it that the unusual, and you say, you know what, that happens sometimes, and you make sure that you inform them. You make sure that you let them know what they can expect. You make sure that they feel empowered and safe. It's like, oh, okay, I'm feeling a little wonky, but this is a a sign that things are moving, and this is what I know I can do. So that that way they've got a tool that they can use in the future, and they will credit you with it. They will say, well, I went to this amazing healer, and I felt a little wonky afterwards, and, you know, because maybe they have somebody come up to them who says, wow, you know, I had this person work on me, and I felt a little wonky afterwards. And they will brag on you in a heartbeat. Well, my healer told me that, you know, that that could be expected and this is what you can do. So what that does is it creates a way for them to, one, kind of brag on you a bit. I've I've had several people, you know, who I work with and treat, you know, maybe I work with them either specifically chiropractically, specifically energetically, but actually most of my patients kind of cross all the spectrum. And they'll come back and they'll say, well, my friend said their chiropractor did this. And I told them, well, my chiropractor. And, you know, it's always kind of sweet. And I tell them, it's like, well, these are very different. So, you know, it's we really can't compare and contrast. But, you know, I appreciate their thought. And it is really important from the position of, you know, because last week we talked about the business of healing. This is a part of the business of healing. This is a place where you are both taking care of someone and you are creating a very good reputation for yourself that will translate to more people coming to you and translate to greater abundance related to your work. So we've talked about what happens with the other person or with the person you're working with. And that is very cool. Now let's look at the healing aspect that comes for the practitioner because whenever you're working with the healing process there is an exchange you become a part of it so therefore there are things that you need to do to be able to make that be something that is a very positive thing you will receive the residual effects of it's not just about working with the other person it's about working with yourself too And you may be working on someone energetically, and it brings up something in you. It brings up, you know, I mean, we never know where the energy is going to go. And sometimes, you know, if there's something that maybe we haven't quite dealt with, that energy will get into it and go, 
oh, well, as long as I'm in the neighborhood, I'm going to trigger something for you too. So if you're working with somebody and by the end of the day you're starting to feel a little wonky, you're starting to feel a little bit, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I'm not feeling really in, my, in myself. I'm not in my energy and it's not flowing as good as I think it could. At that point, it's time for you to go, okay, what do I need to do to take care of myself? How do I make sure that I'm in the best possible shape I can be to take care of other people? So it's very much about that self-care. Because when we do the self-care and when we teach the self-care, what we're doing is we are exponentially intensifying the healing capacity. We're also intensifying time that that healing is going to be effective. Now, life happens. And my favorite saying that I created was that life is fun until it isn't and it sucks until it doesn't. And no matter how fun it is, at some point it's going to suck. No matter how much it sucks, at some point it's going to be fun again. Which means that healing is on this continual loop. It's, it's not like, okay, I'm healed. I never need to worry about anything ever again in my life. Oh, I dealt with that subject. I never, ever need to deal with that again. No, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And the idea that when we look an issue and we, it's like, okay, I think we got this down. I think we've resolved it. We've got you in a good place. And that person could leave feeling the best that they have felt ever. Something else is going to happen to them. And something is going to trigger. I can do the most brilliant, awesome chiropractic adjustment on somebody. And I mean, you always, we always know when we've just like hit it and it was just like, you know, it's nothing but net. It is, you know, the field goal kick that goes right between the goal posts. Everything just landed. It, it, I'm, I almost want to take a picture with it and put it on my refrigerator. The adjustment was that awesome. Unfortunately, at some point, they're going to get off my table. They're going to walk out there in the world with my absolutely perfect adjustment, and something's going to happen to it. And they'll call me up, oh, man, you know, I, I, you know, I tried doing this and I slipped and I fell and that spots out again. And it's like, why? But life is not perfect. Lord knows we are not perfect. And as life happens, you know, things are going to, you know, the, the correction once is not the correction always. And it's really important for practitioners to understand that. It's not about I healed you. Because if you're carrying that kind of energy, it's like, well, you know, God bless you and good luck. As I view it, and this is, this is my view, I don't heal anything. I become an effective conduit, or as I like to call it, a very good tube for an energy that is beyond my to fully understand. There was a saying when I was in chiropractic college that I saw on a T-shirt that I promptly bought, the power that makes the body heals the body. 
And however you view that, however you hold that, however you view your connection to consciousness, creator, spirit, God, Jehovah, Allah, you know, Buddha, however, whatever it is you use to connect to that, as a healer, you become a conduit for it. You become a channel for that. It doesn't come from us. And one of the things that can really wrap up a practitioner more than anything else is when they start drawing from themselves. They think they're drawing out of their own energy because that energy is finite unless you're tapping into energy bigger than you. A very, very good tube. And you can make yourself an even better conduit, an even better tube, by taking care of yourself, by not attaching story to things. Now, what I'm going to say is probably one of the most counterintuitive things that you could ever believe as a healer. And, and hear me out. Hear me out on it. One of the most important things that I have discovered in helping me being the best healer I can be is that I have to surrender my attachment to what I want the outcome for that person to be. And like I said, it may sound really counterintuitive because when you go into a work, it's like, okay, this person, they're going through whatever they're going through. I want them to be whole. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be happy. I want them to, you know, experience all these wonderful, light, fluffy, wonderful things. Cannot be attached to that. I cannot tell that person, well, you know, I'm going to run some energy through your head and your headache's going to go away. I can't attach to that because it may be that that headache is a part of something that is a very important process for them. It may be that they're going to feel worse before they feel better because they're going through a shift, a a very fundamental shift that is going to lead them to transformation. And transformation can be a really hard thing sometimes. Sometimes it can be nice and happy and fluffy, and at other times it's like, you know, holding on by your fingernails. And it's not pretty, and we don't want to go through it. And it hurts. And we have to face things that we don't want to face. And on the other side of it is something tremendously cool. And we've got to work for it. We've got to claim it, flag in it. And, you know, maybe that's not along the easiest path. Maybe it means accepting a deep pain within yourself and finding peace with it. When you're in this type of work, you don't get to hide. You don't get to help other people work their stuff and not work yours. And sometimes as we increase in our capacity to be a conduit, we increase our ability to bring in more and more energy, sometimes we've got to really take a look at at what holds us back. What is it we're afraid of? I have had more of my own personal fears brought up through the process of wanting to help take care of other people. We had one person who, who wanted to be a healer who said, it's like, well, my stuff doesn't matter. And, you know, it, I, can, I don't have to worry about that. I can, I'm just going to work on somebody else. It's like, yeah, but you're in the field of the energy. It is going to work you. And 
if we can relax with that, if we can accept, okay, I am a participant in this, I am, I am the conduit, but I'm not the brains behind it. I'm not the architect. And what's going to happen with this person, I will do my best to hold them in a wonderfully safe way and allow that healing and to explain to them, hey, this may get bumpy because we're touching on some deep stuff here. We're touching on some stuff that you haven't been facing. And by facing it and dragging it out into the light, we realize it's not as big and scary as we thought. And you will grow from this. And it's, frankly, not going to be pleasant. So be ready for that. But understand that on the other side of the unpleasantness is something cool, i.e. labor. That can be some unpleasantness. And as doctors say, you may feel a slight pressure. I actually wanted to crawl away from the bottom half of my body, even though I couldn't figure out how. That was my instinct. (laughs) And something cool came out on the other side of it. I gained far more than that pain would have ever. I would have gone through that pain a thousand times knowing what I had to gain from it. Now, the trick is in energetic work and in the type of stuff we do, when you're in that dark and stinky place, hard to think that there's something cool on the other side. It's hard to have that perspective because you're in the middle of it. It's like being in a dark room where you don't know where the outer wall is. So until you you make contact with something, you just feel like you're in a big empty space and there's nothing to, to guide you. There's nothing to help you. That is why it's important to connect with other healers. That's why it's important to make sure you've got backup. Make sure you have someone who works on you. And by having a community, by having a team, by having, you know, folks that you can say, hey, you know, I'm, I am not doing too well. Can you help me out? You know, I, I need some backup. I need, I need a clearing. I need, I need someone to go get me soup. I need, you know, whatever it is, to have the folks who can be able to back you up to be able to support you. And that's how we, we intensify the healing experience. That's how we solidify the healing experience. Because, I mean, honestly, if we don't take care of ourselves, then it's just like a massage therapist who uses horrible body mechanics and who leans over in ways that they shouldn't or who you know, they, they list things that they shouldn't. Not only are they not going to be able to do as good a job on people as they would like, they're going to shorten their careers just unbelievably. I've, I've known people who spent a year or even less doing massage therapy once they really started going because they didn't pay attention to what they needed. They didn't pay attention to how they were moving their massage table, how they were helping people off the table how they were bending over somebody to work on, on part of them and they're really racking up their own body. And they had to give up something that they worked very hard to learn because they damaged themselves so profoundly. You don't want to do that. You know, you want to be able to walk out of a healing experience 
And, you know, maybe you're tired. Maybe it was one of those, wow, you know, this was a lot of work, but, oh, man, I feel great. I feel really good. It's a good tired. And you are able to go and, and you actually are thinking about the next time you're going you're gonna to work on somebody. And, yeah, it takes time. It takes work. It takes the ability to, well, at least the willingness to slow down and build up your strength and build up your tolerance and build up your endurance because being a healer requires a lot of endurance. It requires a lot of balance. It requires a lot of, you know, really personal integrity in knowing when you're hitting that wall and when you're not. And it also takes a trust in something bigger than yourself that that consciousness is there to help you. I know people who, you know, they call upon angels or archangels. Archangel Raphael is the um, the archangel of healing. I know people who uh, will call out to Ganesh, the remover of obstacles, to the healing Buddha, to um, to Christ, to you know the Christ consciousness. You know, please, you know, in in the aspect of laying on of hands, you know that comes from you know that spiritual um, connection. And whatever it is your connection, tap into it, utilize it. Every single day. I had a patient uh, yesterday who looked at me and said, wow, you have a lot of energy. And especially considering the fact I wasn't feeling that energetic at the moment, I thought, really? <laughs> and I you know, said, really? And, you know, I was like, in my mind, I'm going, really? And what, what I said outside was, really? Same word, different inflection. And she said, well, I think I know why. And I said, well, why do you think I have so much energy? And she said, because you use so much. But you, you cycle it. It's like, you know, you have lots of energy that goes out, and then you have lots of energy that you bring in. So you're always in this cycle of moving energy back and forth. So that means that you can do a lot. And I thought about it. And I thought, Wow. That is maybe good a story as any. I'll I'll buy it. And really, what it comes down to, and what we've been talking about this whole month, is the fact that there is almost nothing cooler than helping somebody to either move through something or move past something, and to give them the tools that will enable them to step forward with confidence in dealing with things in the future. For me, being a healer is awesome. I can't think of anything I'd rather do. And whether or not you're an experienced healer or whether or not you're someone who is just considering, wow, maybe I'd really like to do something to help people, figure out what you would like to do and then figure out a way to do it. And I was once told that when you want to find your perfect job, figure out what you would do for free and then figure out a way to get paid for it. So go out, 
all you healers, and embrace the passion that you have for what you do. Support and embrace other healers. Be authentic with yourself. Take care of yourself. Be in impeccable integrity. And understand that when it comes down to it, the best we can hope for is to be a really good tube. So thank you for joining me, and we'll be back next week. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I will be logging as quickly as I can into the chat room, and I can answer questions at that point. And if you would like to connect with me or you have other questions or you'd like to talk one-on-one, then you can contact me through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. So, oh, you can also follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook. I have to keep remembering to say that. I'm up to 960 followers, so I'm heading up to my first thousand, so I'm very excited about that. So find me on Twitter and you can do that, and we could all go to a thousand together. So in the meantime, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings. I wish you opportunities to heal as well as opportunities to be healed. I wish you the understanding that you are perfect exactly as you are and you can be even better. And we're all trying to figure it out. And that's what it's all about is each of us helping each other figure it out. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care, everyone.